Welcome to The Lead, a podcast about how to get ahead in the media industry from the people who did. I'm your host, Charlotte Norsworthy. In this episode of The Lead, I talk to Mizell Stewart. He has more than a 30-year career in journalism and currently serves as a top news executive for Gannett and USA Today Network. And one of his main passions is developing the next wave of journalists. So, fittingly, we will be discussing this notion of the future of journalism and how we as students can ready ourselves for what's to come. But first, a word from our sponsor. This podcast was created by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash coxinstitute. Now, here's the lead. Welcome to the show, Mizell. Appreciate you coming all the way to Athens, not just to talk to me, but to talk to some other great students today. Prior to your work at the national level, I saw where you were heavily involved with local news throughout the country. Can you share of your experience with local news and how how it's changed over time? Is local news still a relevant part of this industry? Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me. And uh, I, uh, I have spent uh, three decades in Uh, in the news business, and the vast majority of that time has been in local newsrooms, starting as a night cops reporter in Springfield, Ohio, uh, at a newspaper called The News Sun, uh, all the way uh, today to uh, being part of the leadership team at USA Today and the USA Today Network. Uh, I've, um, uh, in addition to my reporting experience, where I covered police and local government, I was uh, local news assigning editor, mostly involved in working with local government and politics reporters uh, later on, working with uh, State House and Washington Bureau reporters, but again anchored in a local newsroom, uh, and then eventually becoming the top editor uh, of uh, three newspapers uh, in Akron, Ohio, Tallahassee, Florida, and Evansville, Indiana. And throughout all of that Uh, period, Uh, you know, we've seen an enormous amount of change taking place in uh, local newsrooms. Uh, Primarily, uh, we've seen the business model for local change dramatically. And um, uh, where when I started, um, we we really didn't think about money too much. Uh, I can remember uh, turning in expense reports and people looking at them going, oh, that's all you spent? Um, you know, we're a long way away from, uh, we're a long way away from, from, from those days. Um, and uh, as the business model has changed, it's forced local newsrooms and, and local newsroom leaders to be uh, a little bit of everything. You know, the newsroom has taken on more and more responsibility for the overall business of news. Uh, newsrooms during my career began taking on production responsibilities. And then in the digital era, newsrooms, um, in addition to being the stewards of local journalism, uh, are also uh, largely responsible for finding audiences for that journalism. Uh, Local news is no less important. Uh, I would argue it's actually more important as sources of information um, have, have multiplied. Uh, but you know, throughout all of that change, the, we have to remember uh, that journalistic north star, which is you know our role is to be stewards of the local communities that we serve, to practice what Bill Kovach and Tom Rosenstiel in their work, the elements of journalism, call the discipline of verification. You know, it's 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 not enough 
to just assert that something is true. Well, we have to, uh, as journalists, we, we have to report, we have to verify, we have to determine uh, what is true and, and what is not, and to, and to stand by that. And so the role of local journalists is, uh, is, is, is more important than ever. But what's happening now is you know, we're trying to figure out what the new business model for local really looks like. And you know, what we're starting to see is more and more local news organizations working with people in their local communities to make the case to citizens that uh, local journalism is important and that digital journalism has to be paid for. The advertising subsidy for, for local news um, you know, largely does not exist. Um, we believe very strongly uh, at the USA Today Network uh, in particular, that reader revenue is is our future. So uh, a lot of our work is focused around how do we deliver unique and exclusive local journalism and build a strong enough relationship with readers in our communities where those readers will are, are willing to share in the in the cost of uh, of delivering that journalism. I mean, it seems like the new normal for journalism is transition and disruption. What is your take on that and what do you foresee for the future of the entire industry? Well, I would suggest that journalism is not the only institution that is wrestling with transition and disruption. All you have to do is to look at what's happening in Washington, D.C. and the political divide, political players who are, shall we say, trafficking in transition and disruption, that that journalism, local journalism is not, not, not immune to that. So, you know, we have to be comfortable with change. While being comfortable with change is necessary, uh, we have to also make sure that we keep journalistic values front and center. The environment under which journalism is done uh, is, is going to constantly change. But the values of journalism, those that we as, as journalists should hold dear, should not change. You know, one of the pe- things, the questions people ask me a lot is, is there a place for me in local news? I, I, my answer is unequivocally yes. There are a lot more opportunities and diverse opportunities in local news now than there, there had been in the past. Um, used to be that career paths were very prescribed. You, know, you would start off in a small market, uh, whether it was for a radio station or a television station or... Um, uh, or a newspaper, and uh, and then you would gradually move on to larger and larger uh, markets, uh, and you know, and that career path exists in in some measure, but a much smaller measure than uh, than before. You you can grow up in a community now and often find a job right out of school in your local community. If you are in a larger uh, city, perhaps at a digital news outlet, you know, there's more hiring going on in public media and public media newsrooms are uh, expanding uh, at, the, at the local level as uh, those formerly known as newspapers uh, are, are, getting, are getting smaller. More and more students are leaping, leapfrogging over local entirely and going straight to kind of scaled digital uh, news providers. So there's not one prescribed path anymore, but the paths that are being created are, in in my mind, are very exciting and present new and different kinds of opportunities than, say, were available 30 years ago when I started. 
I'd love to hear your take on media literacy and how that comes into play with, with all of this discussion, because it seems to be an obstacle for, for many people when it comes to discerning false information and who is reliable, et cetera. Is it, in your opinion, the job of a news organization to assist in increasing media literacy, or is it more of a societal requirement? Well, I think news organizations have a responsibility to educate, to inform, and to empower their readers, their viewers, their listeners. And, you know, work as simple as explaining how we do what we do. I think journalists often believe that people know what we do, and people know how we do it, and that people know what we do, know how we do it, and appreciate it. And we can't take that for granted. Um, news organizations have to bend over backwards to explain themselves to citizens, to readers, to viewers. Um, everything from, you know, when there's a major investigative story, uh, a piece that explains how the investigation was conducted, the kinds of obstacles that were encountered in that investigation. It's a small thing, but it does wonders for helping people understand that this work is more involved than just, oh, well, we think someone is doing something wrong. Let's write about it. More and more, I think, if we take the responsibility to inform consumers about the value of news, uh, the value of factual reporting, the value of verification uh, and you know the fact that we don't just toss off opinions uh, without conducting appropriate research you know all of those things come into play and and so when news organizations choose not to put resources to 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 telling that that inside story it's a huge missed opportunity over the past 30 years what has been the most fulfilling role that you've served in every role i've had i found to be an enormously fulfilling but I guess I don't think there's any substitute, has, has really been any substitute for me as, as being the, the editor of a community newspaper. The way that I've always looked at that role is uh, as, a, as a community trustee. You know, you're holding the community in trust. You want to see that community prosper. You want to see that community uh, grow and be successful. You want the people to uh, have access to you know, information, opportunities to, to grow in terms of their job, their family, their relationships with others. The, the role of a, of, a, of a newsroom in a local community, I, I think, is to um, help people find solutions to uh, everyday, everyday issues. And, um, uh, and, and to me, there's just no better job in a, in a, in a community to um, be connected to people at every level uh, of, of the community, every walk of life, and to do journalism that helps people work together across those uh, their divides, whether they're political, whether they're economic, whether they're racial, to, to move the community forward. And you teach and are asked to speak a lot about leadership. So what is leadership's role in journalism and, and what does it require of the industry? Well, leadership in, in journalism, again, I think is grounded in a strong sense of journalistic values that, you know, the, you know, journalism as a, as a force for good in the world. Uh, I think a lot of the mistrust that we see in surveys around journalists and journalism 
uh, is a product of a, a lack of leadership. People, you know, essentially uh, believing that you know clicks and ratings uh, are the are the are the coin of the realm rather than the health of the society. You are involved and engaged in uh, in, in in telling the story in telling the stories of you know leadership in journalism often takes courage to push against some of the the prevailing and 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 negative uh, values uh, where we emphasize you know for example emphasizing conflict as a news value over solving problems when 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 we see people making decisions that do not have the community's best interests at heart, but but by God, it's a really good story. That's where I, I see a missed opportunity for journalistic leadership. You know, but but I I do equate journalistic leadership with 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 courage. You know, the extent to which you know we have people who are in the detention facilities along the U.S. Mexico border telling the stories of people who are inside those facilities and and not being granted the kind of due process that uh, greeted other immigrants to this country. In, in other uh, in other times, um, you know, years ago, the the work of a group of Washington reporters uh, who uh, challenged the prevailing wisdom against uh, the uh, war in Iraq, and you know, there was this headlong rush to uh, declare that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, but there were a group of Washington journalists from the former Knight Ritter newspaper chain who were the lonely voice in Washington pushing back on that narrative, and it turns out they were uh, absolutely right. The New York Times was absolutely wrong in pushing uh, the WMD narrative. So, again, I just equate journalistic leadership with with courage and and, and telling the truth fearlessly, uh, uh, not being so consumed by... Uh, commercial interests. That's not to say that journalism is uh, is not a business and is, uh, is is not supposed to make money because we want all of we we want all of those things. That's how journalists get paid. Uh, but there's a way to go about it. So, as a final question for those students venturing into this ever evolving industry, what is a piece of advice that you would offer to them? Get comfortable with every possible way of telling a story, whether it's writing, whether it's visual journalism, uh, whether it's audio storytelling. Get really good at one language of storytelling uh, and be familiar with multiple languages of storytelling because you just don't know what you're going to be called upon to do. Um, you know, in, in our organization, uh, you know, we have journalists who uh, do podcasts, who do narrative storytelling, and who do visual journalism all in the context of their one job. Uh, and you know they are certainly uh, skilled and proficient uh, in, in 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 a particular area, but they're not afraid of telling stories in in ways that uh, may may not be uh, their primary language of, of, of storytelling. So um, you know just just you know get comfortable with a lot of different storytelling forms and um, uh, and and always be curious. Myzel, thank you so much for making the time to speak with me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to The Lead. I'm your host, Charlotte Norsworthy. This episode was produced with guidance from Keith Herndon, director of the Cox Institute at the University of Georgia. For more episodes with interesting media leaders, subscribe to The Lead on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Until next time.